Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and to my right is the one, the only, Connor McCaskill. How we doing? He's replacing Zach Mayfield today because he's busy editing Kinotika stuff yeah, and with his life. He's off saving the world, probably. But yeah, we're stoked to have you. And you. uh you've actually been editing the show for a couple months now. I have, yeah, since... I don't even know. April? <laughs> yeah, basically when I moved back, when we both moved back to Nashville. So March. Yeah. I mean, roughly around that time period. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, how has it been for you moving from California to Nashville? Because the last time we talked on this show with yeah. with you specifically, you were working for Armando. That's right. Um, I think it was right when the transition happened from when we unfortunately couldn't work together anymore. And then you started working with Armando. That's correct. Yeah. Um. I mean, how has this journey been for you? Good grief! <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a roller coaster of a journey for sure. Uh, working with Armando was uh, was a great opportunity and a great experience, but unfortunately, that chapter has also closed. Uh, so now I'm I'm looking for the the next best thing, as they say. <laughs> uh, fill in some time here at the Polar Pro Podcast, which is funny because yeah. uh, you know I was working with you guys and then I wasn't, and now I'm back, baby. So. <laughs> It's really cool. Yeah. So we're not live switching today. I don't have my iPad. Don't have my pencil. Yeah. This is a new setup for us. We're actually using my beloved Olympus cameras. Yep. This is the EM1 Mark II that you see here. Connor's shot is the uh, EM1 Mark III. Yep. And then the wide angle shot is the hey, beloved C70. How we doing? Um, but um, yeah, we just, you know, we decided it'd probably be a little easier. We were using the Sling Studio system. Yeah, it's right over there, actually, this Sling Studio. And, you know, it's deceiving because at first we're like, yes, we like the Sling Studio. This is great. Um, this is the little box that uh, that kind of does all the magic. Yeah, and, you know, I remember liking it when we used it with Polar Pro initially when we were editing in the studio, doing live switching in the studio. Yeah. But, man, is this thing a headache when you have to get into the editor afterwards. I mean, it just throws files every which way. Nothing yeah. makes sense. Track one is your angle, and then it's Zach <laughs> angle, and then it's the wide, then it's the HDMI, <laughs> suddenly it's the iPhone. It just, just it randomly changes. It's one track, so, which is really bizarre. For those of you who aren't familiar, the Sling Studio is this kind of box that essentially creates its own Wi-Fi network. It's a yeah. cool idea. And you get these little boxes that you put on top of your camera. Um, we don't have any handy right now, but it's basically just a little box that plugs in over HDMI to your camera and then it wirelessly sends the video file to this box. You could have up to four of those wireless boxes. Right. And, or you can use iPhones, which we were using your yeah. iPhone. So you can use those as like a camera itself and it works really potentially good for live streaming. Totally. Honestly, that might be where it's better that's suited. That's exactly what it's for. Yeah. They, they designed it. There's even an input here for like a battery pack that they sell. Okay. So you could literally use this in just a couple of phones. You don't even need those little dongle things to put on a camera if you're using your phone. Right. So you could in theory have like a three or four camera, uh, phone, multicam live yeah completely remote in the middle of uh you know a conference or yeah. something it's a great thing for live switching um but that's not what we're using it for we're using it for a professional you know video that we want to kind of tweak and make changes and right which technically it does allow for making mm. changes in an edit it gives you essentially what is it an xml it gives you yeah final cut xml yeah but because you're on Premiere, we have to convert the Final Cut over to Premiere. And I think that's where a lot of your issues are maybe coming from. Yeah, quite possibly. I, But honestly, I remember the Final Cut file because I used to edit it in Final Cut. Yeah. I remember that being kind of a nightmare as well. Yeah. Where it would just be like, you know, 10 layers of files mm -hmm. for three camera angles. It just doesn't make sense. So about two years ago, which is when we bought this, when we first started the Polar Pro podcast, this was kind of the only thing on the market that did what it does which right. is allows you to do a live switch but then gives you the ability to edit it in post sure so we got this system and it was fine but since then black magic has come out with the atem mini pro iso is what they call it Ooh. i don't know what the iso stands for exactly but it's probably not the same thing that's in the camera if I yeah yes but mm. no no definitely not <laughs> um so what's cool about this is you have your it's hardwired, so you're not having to use like yeah, you know the the wireless thing. Now, right. obviously, that's kind of what makes this 
cool is that yeah. it is wireless, but we don't care about that because we're just in a small room. Right. So I can easily wire in my four HDMIs here. I've got my mic in, I got two mic ins, so I could use my computer audio and then my mixing board. It's the same concept, except it's like actual hardware. It yeah, allows is, you to just boom, boom, boom. It's even got picture in picture that's a built in here. tool for the job for sure. And then it gives you a DaVinci Resolve file okay. when it's all done that has the multicam. Basically, Why DaVinci Resolve? It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as if Blackmagic owns the software yeah, or something. It's crazy. But obviously, one of the great things about Resolve is that it's free. It's a great app, but it do, it is pretty easy to convert i think resolve to premiere yeah uh, it, they have an xml feature mm -hmm. yeah it, so. all all of them can communicate with each other they just don't like to yeah exactly yeah but the, i think this is probably what we're going to get eventually okay um so basically if we use this especially with black magic cameras i guess it's really dialed in so you can just relink original files yeah so you can record in camera do the switch and then it saves all that metadata and links it to the raw data. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, but I like you said, maybe only works with black magic. Do you think we can jerry rig some uh because we got kind of a hodgepodge yeah. of cameras right now? We'd have to uh we'd have to Let's ask some somebody tests. that knows. I know Joseph, um Photo Joseph would mm -hmm. know. He's kind of the master at okay. the, uh, live switching stuff Don't on you his have channel. Black magic connection still. What is it, Captain Hook or something? Yeah, I'm friends with Captain Hook. He yeah. used to be big in the Black Magic forums. Okay. We met him when we did the uh, the Black Magic video. Yeah, I, I still remember his name, and I don't remember anyone's <laughs> name, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, Captain Hook, he was kind of well-known in the Black Magic community. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we man, what a whirlwind that was that yeah, year. That was a crazy day. That was, uh, for those of you who don't know, I think we probably we've, shared we've, this already. We've talked about this, Dave. Yeah. Black <laughs> if, Magic listen, 4K. If you want to hear about it, just go listen to a different video. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about something new. <laughs> so anyways, Connor's here. Yeah. And, right. uh, and we're using a new switching system. So hopefully it looks a little better. Lighting definitely still needs work. Yes. Um, also I'm, this desk. I would love to have an official Golden Hour desk. Yeah. Actually, uh, we're using Daylight a little bit, which is always dangerous. <laughs> but we were using it at four o'clock when we set this up and yeah. now it's six o'clock. Right. So and it's a little um, I'm looking at your angle right now and you look a little dark, David. I'll have to fix that in post-production. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> so let's talk about some cool things going on right now. The EOS R3. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to fill me in. I, uh, <laughs> I, I kept up with it up to never. So, you know, <laughs> so let the, me know what's going on. Yeah. So the EOS R3 is coming soon and it's kind of the flagship promise from Canon that we are finally oh, another getting. Another flagship one. That's cool. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I mean, the R5 is definitely considered a flagship. Right. Uh, well, I think a flagship is defined by chunky grip. That's kind of what I think. <laughs> is that, cause is that all I thought it was big boat, but I, yeah, I'm all the wrong. all the like all the cameras that are considered flagship models are like the D three, the the one DC, which is sitting right here. Yeah, mm, can um, I hold it? Yeah, Thanks. this camera is Just it brings back it. memories. It's such a tank. Why it's that's too heavy. <laughs> it's it is too heavy. Um, <laughs> no, this is cool. I love that thing. Um, Wait, I just want to do this. The R three is Wait. there. You go. Isn't that nice? That's just so satisfying. The little some, lever. Uh, what's that called? ASMR. Yeah. Ooh, that was a little loud. <laughs> but yeah, the, I, I when the that. the one DC it has the memory card slot. Listen to that. Oh, that's nice. It's kind of nice. That was kind of satisfying. Uh, camera ASMR. Stay tuned for that at the end of this <laughs> podcast. And then uh, for those of you listening, what is this ASMR? I think uh, they got it. I don't know if that's point. ASMR or you just playing <laughs> yeah, Nintendo have, clips now. I have my uh, Game Boy Advance with the modified backlight. That's pretty epic. I'm definitely jealous. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's got a uh, lithium ion rechargeable battery as well. Wow. Um, it's basically like a modern Game Boy Advance. Did you have it, a yellow one as well? I have a yellow Game Boy Color original. From yeah. When I was unmodified, a kid. unmodified, like straight up, straight same up. exact one that I had when I was eight or whatever. Yeah, know? that's sick. I don't have any of them. I got rid of all of them. Oh dang. Yeah, I'm crazy like that. Did you have a Game Boy Advance or like an SP? I had the SP, the one that, yep. you know, the clamshell. It was silver. That one was great. Got it on eBay. It was sick. I uh, played a lot of Sonic. Okay. A I lot Sonic. of Sonic. And then uh, I was a big fan of the DS, the original yes. DS. I had the, the blue one. Boy. Yeah. I wish I had it. So 
It was actually a great system. Yeah, I loved it. Played four. Wait, hold on. I took a picture of it at one point. I don't know where it is anymore. <laughs> I had like, I had over 500 hours in Pokemon Diamond. It was too many hours. Pokemon games are amazingly addictive. Yeah. Um, we were talking about one, Canon and it? now we're talking about, yes, that's what I had. The blue one. I loved that one. I, so I had the PSP. I, one. <laughs> I wish I had my original one. I actually was not. I don't know. I just never was a Nintendo guy when I was a kid, which I hate that I was like that. Yeah. Um, well, you were you were a little older than me, so you were part of like the cooler generation. You know? I guess. Yeah. But I I just waited cool in line. PSPs. I waited in line forever for the PSP. Yeah. And that was. I mean, I mean, it was pretty great. It was a technological marvel at the time for sure, but. I don't know. It didn't play Mario, so who cares? Yeah, but it played Battlefront. <laughs> That's cool. Which was pretty Actually, awesome. Battle- yeah, but so did my Xbox. <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't play Battlefront on the school bus. What were we talking about? We were talking about the ESR3. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, obviously, if you follow the canon kind of mirrorless world, the R5 is kind of the flagship for now of right. the mirrorless cameras. Right. Um, I guess you have to add the battery grip in order for it to be <laughs> yeah. a flagship, but sure. But now the R3 is kind of officially announced. Yeah. Um, we what's, still don't know the deal all the details, but it's a chunky camera. Um, it's still smaller than your traditional DSLR. Does it take pictures? It takes pictures. So is um, it essentially a mirrorless 1DX? <laughs> basically. Okay, um, good, because I don't know why in the world we released another DSLR 1DX. <laughs> that was the biggest waste of everything. I think it was obviously before COVID, and they were thinking that the Olympics were going to happen, and right. so they had to just have something for those types of photographers. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. But even still, I do you think that, I mean, I know photographers tend to be pretty old school and they hold on to the past. Yeah. Uh, they don't like to move on to newer, better technologies. But exactly. are we not ready for mirrorless for the Olympics? I think we're ready. Okay, good. <laughs> Although I've talked to um, sports journalist um, Jamie Price uh, on this podcast. He okay. uh, does sports photography and he, along with many other sports photographers like just is used to the dslr and they're right. kind of just more used to that and yeah. they like the mirror too sure but i don't know yeah so we're looking at a full frame sensor obviously um well, you say obviously but <laughs> <laughs> you never know they're not telling us exactly the megapixel count yet but people okay. are kind of guesstimating that it's it's not going to be like crazy crazy high resolution okay um but it will do an oversampled 4k so it'll at least be you know, 30 megapixels, probably. Yeah. I, I would guess probably around there. Probably Again, maybe like the to 1DX. Uh, yeah, 1DX. Or I think the um, original EOSR had like a, what, 30 megapixel sensor as well, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, obviously we care mostly about the video features. Of course. Uh, so Canon 4K, Log3, oversampled 4K, internal RAW video. Internal RAW, okay. Yeah, it'll probably be the same as the R5, except hopefully because it's a bigger camera, and some time has passed. Yeah. The, the overheating will be a non-issue. Hopefully. <laughs> it was supposed to be a non-issue on the R5 until we used it. Yeah. And then it was an issue. A lot of people who believe that these flagship cameras like the 1D um, shouldn't have a, a flip out the screen. Yeah. Because, you know, the weather ceiling or something. But they're including a flip out you know, oh, display. Oh, no way. Okay. So that's cool to see that on a camera like this. Um, I'm just going to play this video by Gordon Lang. While we're talking about it, you can see okay. it. They actually have wow. I a, like the version um, of it. The grip texture looks really enticing. Yeah, it's kind of got a carbon fiber look to it. Yeah, in a way. In a way. And also, does the cap kind of match it? That's kind of nice. <laughs> I don't think so. I think uh, it's just no, like no, 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 no. On the edge, uh, it, I don't know. It kind of looks like it's the same That'd texture cool. carried over. Like, am I crazy? <laughs> Gordon's awesome. I don't know if you've ever watched Gordon's videos. He's been around forever doing videos on camera labs. Okay. Uh, you can see on the side grip here. There's. You know, just all your standard that stuff. That better be a full-size HDMI or I'm going to have a fit. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would assume that he's <laughs> okay. going to reveal that to us. I don't think so. No? Mini I mean, at least? Come on. I like the aesthetics of it. It looks good. Yeah, it uses... I think it Ooh, uses the, screen. the 1D one. But yeah, look at that screen. It's got the flip-out very angle. Yeah. So you can use it for vlogging. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I mean, what else would I use it for? Uh, it's got that kind of touch-sensitive back panel thing oh yeah i hate which that is thing cool. on the uh on the original r although this looks better implemented than oh, the no, no. the 
R. The R didn't have that. Oh, it had the, um, it still had a touch thing. It was just like the touch slider. Yeah, exactly. And then they replaced the joystick, which that one has a joystick and the touch. So yeah, that's great. Best of both so worlds. if you like one versus the other, you're good. Exactly. The fact that it has that flip out selfie screen is pretty cool. That's pretty gnarly. I'm surprised they didn't go with a trifold to make the photographers happy, but it, yeah, like the you know, S1H. Yeah, or something. something like that. Um, but that's actually kind of cool. Maybe they're going to focus a little bit. I'm still in love with the texture. Can we, it looks like he's not opening the flaps. Maybe he's not allowed to. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's... Canon can be pretty uh, tight on like releasing stuff. I mean, it's kind of amazing that he even has this hands-on video here. Yeah, so, honestly, I don't know how he managed that. So everybody go check out Gordon Lang's video. Um, the R3 is... Uh, going to be pretty awesome. We don't have a ton of information about it, really. I just like this one sentence, which I stopped reading halfway through, and then I had to finish. It says, inclusion of cars and motorbikes <laughs> in AF tracking. In AF tracking. <laughs> so it's going to have some I was AI like, wow, it comes stuff. with cars and motorcycles? That's pretty cool. <laughs> Let's see. I didn't even talk about any photo features. It has SD and CF Express cards. It's got okay. the LPE19 battery, which I think is the same from the 1D. Same weather ceiling as the 1D series, which is great. Right. Um, AF down to negative 7 EV, new accessory shoe. So that may mean that Canon's coming out with maybe an XLR module for sure. the hot shoe. Yeah. Um, that could be cool. They compete with Sony. Wi-Fi, 5G. No internal ND, maybe? No internal ND, probably okay, not. That makes sense because they're going to protect their C70. And then high speed, of course, this is what sports photographers, flagship people need. Right. High speed, 30 frames per second. Shutter in the electronic shutter mode. Yeah. They're not telling us how much in the uh, mechanical shutter mode. So, okay. I mean, if we're comparing it to the, the was it the Sony A1? Sure. Can do even faster. Oh, so, can it? The burst rate on the Sony A1 is, well, no, it's it's 30 frames per second. Yeah, they're usually, oh, 50 megapixels. But it's 50 well. megapixels. I was going to say, ooh, all right. 8.6K. You know, I haven't even looked at this camera at all. This camera's nuts, man. Yeah. The A1. What, is it, uh, what does it retail for? <sighs> Take a guess. Okay, let's see. 8K, uh, five grand, four, 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 even four or five grand, something like that. $6,500. I'm off. <laughs> the price is wrong. The price is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the R5 is, but the R5 is, a, is honestly the same specs as that camera, basically. Well, yeah. Well, not really. But Well, I mean, it shoots 8K raw and it, yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't, it's not as good not in as the fast. photo department. Yeah. Yeah. But it's roughly the same megapixels, 45 versus 50. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty close. But you get all the sony isms you know it doesn't overheat um yeah it's got the great autofocus obviously sure. all the, the sony lenses now yeah but, but it's got the a the sony body which it's you... got that sony price tag is what it's got that's <laughs> true yeah I'm, um, not a, I'm not a fan of the sony grip there's something about sony grips i'm just i've never been too keen on yeah i mean that's something we've talked about before is like you just kind of despise the sony like grip yeah, <laughs> just the body yeah exactly it's like i every time i mess around with a sony camera i'm always just uncomfortable using it basically yeah. like canon is just it's i'm not a canon fanboy either i use fujifilm personally but I, there's something about canon when you hold it, it just feels good like yeah. especially the usr grip particularly mm -hmm. just melts in your hand it was so nice I, I like it better than the r6 and the r5 grip well the c70 is still the best kind of cinema camera right now in my opinion yeah for Canon, they're supposedly doing an R5C, which would be cool. Yeah, I've version. heard about that too. So I don't know, we'll I don't see. know what the deal with that is either. I think this R3 is just—it's cool that they're doing it. You know, Canon needs to be beefing up their line. They don't have enough cameras uh, in the mirrorless. Line. No, what they don't have enough is lenses or lenses. Yeah. yeah, honestly, it's like stop making cameras for a minute. You know, <laughs> I think they only have like two primes and then three, zoom, yeah. three or four zooms. They need to come out with like 40 lenses. Yeah. So anyways, that's the R3. We don't really have a ton of information on it. Everybody go check out Gordon Lang's video. Uh, if you want to see a hands on, we'll link it in the description of this video. Was it really hands on or tripod on? tripod on yeah basically. It, was just, it was just b-roll of it on a tripod so next up is nikon uh, which is coming they're rumored to come out I like with that. a retro inspired mirrorless it looks like the nikon f3 camera which yeah. i was um i was actually looking on ebay at those because i really like how the f3 f3 hp it's not a dslr it's a film oh they did make a uh, DSLR uh, that looked like that. Okay. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. The F3 is a very popular film camera yeah. from back in the day. It's got a beautiful look, and obviously it's really compact. Absolutely.
It looks very even down to the little red line there on the well, grip. I'm pretty sure that this photo that we're looking at is a photo of a film camera, not the camera that is rumored. It's just oh. they're using it as a reference. <laughs> oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that looks just like okay, yeah. I just wanted to point out, like, you're a Fuji shooter, and part of the whole Fuji allure is the oh, retro I like aesthetics. Allure is a great word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. Thank you. It's no, colorism. yeah, yeah, definitely the aesthetics of Fujifilm is enticing. I mean. You know, it just looks cool. Yeah, which just makes like your new glasses. Feel cool. I know. Yeah, <laughs> new glasses. Although it's funny, I ordered um, I ordered black glasses, and they came oh, really? not black. They, Tortoiseshell. Yeah, they, but it looks cool. It's it's nice. Yeah, but uh, they, they, I I, I kind of like it actually. I really like it. I feel like, in a way, it's not a frame that you would have picked, just no. knowing your personality. Yeah. But now that you've like it received it mm -hmm. it looked great on you yeah and, and it's it's a little flash of like creativity yeah which i'm not creative so that makes <laughs> it's great it's a, yeah, i mean you're wearing a peter mccann shirt so <laughs> i know how uncreative is that okay <laughs> i no. noticed that today his signature is on the bottom down there i know he signed where'd my, you get that he signed my shirt uh from his uh coffee shop okay. well it's not his cool the one that is it his does he he oh, co wow. he co-owns it i think i can't believe that you bought a shirt that's black yeah because it's a McKinnon shirt. Yeah. It does have a little owl logo it on it. It has an owl that's also black. That's so funny. And he then sells in, a in black shirt. With, yeah. And makes a million dollars off of it, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, it, I actually quite like, like the shirt. It fits quite well. Well, I mean, yeah. What what do video people wear? Black. Like, black. Yeah. So I guess I'll just make a McKinnon black shirt. That's yeah. what he said. That's honestly, it's, it's brilliant. And it's a high quality shirt. And the coffee shop is dope. So definitely yeah, go yeah, check yeah. out. Um, James Coffee Co. in San Diego next time you're there. <laughs> well, it's a cool place. I wanted to just bring up this whole retro aesthetic thing because Olympus sure. actually released their first camera Whoa. in a long time. Isn't it's, Olympus owned by someone else now? Uh, they were bought out by this company that like just buys out companies that are going out of business. Ooh, that's nice. But they went for this really um, retro aesthetic. They called it the Olympus Pen. Well, it's that's a, a real film camera. Oh, called the Olympus pin. I like the name. Um, so as you can see, this is a classic pin camera. Oh, nice. This was this was a very popular camera in the you know in the seventies. Yeah, and it was a very small, compact oh, film yeah. body. Look, I like the lens cap. That's that cool? is that is smexy. And so they they obviously kind of went with that aesthetic, and the specs on this are really lackluster like my olympus cameras that we're using right now are actually better than this one okay this one's designed for a more consumer market sure what are the specs of the olympus pen the new one so yeah i mean it's just a 20 megapixel sensor they've been kind of recycling for the last like two or three years now okay um there's nothing new about it they just kind of put it in a new body they kind of added some some new buttons and grips to it that sure make it a little bit more user-friendly i mean this is definitely designed for hipsters right oh yeah i mean it's the perfect kind of like with this lens this is the 15 millimeter f1.7 from panasonic yeah so <laughs> when you to drop it convert yeah, if you put, that if you put this oh that's a 30 millimeter okay so just multiply everything by two oh on micro nice four thirds got it so um this little pancake lens on that camera like it's smaller than my phone. I mean, it's obviously a little like deeper and right. stuff, but it's something you could easily just throw in your pocket. Yeah. But at that point, you could also just argue like, well, yeah, why don't you just get the uh What is it uh what does it retail for? That's a good question. I I'm not sure. Cuz honestly, this is reminding seven, me Okay, 700 bucks. Is it 700? That no, that doesn't seem right. It might be. Does right. it have a pop-up flash? It does. That's cute. The the thing that's dumb about it though is like I think a lot of people still just write Micro Four Thirds off because again you've got the Fuji like X one hundred series. Yeah, the X one hundred V is really nice. And, Although it's way it's 12, more money. Yeah, Fourteen hundred dollars. And uh it's a fixed lens, I think. But it's a gorgeous body though. Oh my god. I mean you get that same kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Uh if those not better. Fuji film film simulations are nasty nice. Plus you get a real optical uh, kind of viewfinder thing on it. Right. Of course, fixed lens. But S something to consider. I, the reason I'm bringing all this up is because I think there's something to the... Uh, because photography is an art form, right. there is something to the aesthetic of the camera. I think so, yeah. Right? A lot of people would say that it's like, give me all black because I'm working, my camera should look like a workhorse. And 
that can be true for particular situations. But in our case, we live near downtown Nashville. And if you want to go out and just shoot some street photography, you know, just hit up the town or just take cool photos with your friends, maybe road tripping, like mm-hmm. it's cool and it's fun and spunky to have like a camera yeah. with some class to it in a way. There's kind of a posture to using a camera like this too, because it's so small. Yeah. It just, it doesn't feel very like, it, it just feels way less, uh, I don't know know what I'm trying to say. It's just so much more casual. Yeah, it, it doesn't it maybe feels less intimidating in a way. Yeah, for the for the people being photographed. Yeah, even that as well. And maybe just more fun. I've also recently on this kind of the same kind of less intimidating, less professional, more consumer level, I've been messing around more with film simulations in my Fujifilm and not shooting raw, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard to do. <laughs> For some I shoot, reason, I shoot JPEG with my camera when I just take pictures of the, of the kids. Yeah, I don't want to have to edit it. No, yeah, I mean that makes a ton of sense. I've been rocking my iPad and plugging them in and editing my RAWs that way. Nice. But that being said, um, there's this uh, website. Uh, hold on, it's a actually it's an Instagram that I found. So I don't know if they have a website. They probably do. What's it um, called? It's called Fujifilm Weekly, mm-hmm. and um, they actually have an app. And I downloaded their app and it just has a bunch of different like film simulation recipes. Is this it? Fuji X Weekly? Yeah, Fuji X Weekly. That's them. Cool. Yeah, and they have an app. So you can uh, download the app if you have a Fujifilm camera. And I'm thinking about making a video on it, honestly. And you can just download different film recipes. Interesting. Velvia V2 Film Simulation recipe yeah so basically you can dive into the uh settings of your camera and adjust like the color how much highlights it retains how much saturation it's going to have with color and not have saturation with color and which film simulation you choose so whether you choose a classic chrome or you choose a pro negative or whatever and it creates different essentially kind of like film stock makes it more fun and it kind of has that pressure of like yeah. When you shoot it, that's kind of what you got. You can do some tweaking. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's kind of what you, you know, what you shoot is what you get. It's kind of fun. That's cool, man. Yeah. What a cool find. Yeah. And the app is free. They do have a paid version. And with the paid version, I think you can like more easily navigate the app. They make it like you can save stuff. But sure. uh, if you don't want to pay, you can just kind of scroll until you find something cool. That's super cool. Download in the app store now. FujiXWeekly.com. There you go. So yeah, I mean, there's something to just having a pretty camera. I mean, all of us professionals, you know, you obviously use the right camera for the job. Sure. Um, whether it's just an all black EOS R or Sony camera. Right. But owning, if you have the the ability to have a smaller, lighter, less intimidating body like an X100 or sure. if you're crazy like me, this pin E P seven. I honestly think that that's a really cool camera for you specifically because <laughs> yeah. you love Olympus so much. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a nice thing to have where it's a little bit modern. You can still do some cool stuff with it, but it has that retro classy look as well. Totally. It's a, it's a great combination. Personally, I would love to snag an R five myself and then just have like a 100 V to keep that Fujifilm aesthetic alive. Yeah. Uh, that would be a great combination, but that's just currently not possible. I would probably still go for this one over that one. This is the original Olympus Pin F digital camera. Oh. This one's a little more beefy. It's got an actual EVF. The other one doesn't have that. Interesting. Flip um, screen. It's a lot more money. It's, you know, $1,000. So it's more similar to the 100V then, I would assume. It's more professional. Like you could, it, it's more like the ones I have, just in a better body. Yeah. You know? No, I like that a lot. So. I would probably still go with the original pin F and there's rumors like this was just really nice to see that the new company that owns Olympus is doing something. Yeah. So the rumors now are that they're going to do a pin F mark two, which would be great. Yeah, would if be that's nice. the case, take my money now. Absolutely. Cause I am. Well, the, even Sony released a um, retro ish looking camera, didn't they? W- which one was that? The, the seven C mm. or whatever. Yeah. The a seven C with the silver. It doesn't look very retro, but it at least has a silver I mean, touch to it's it. It's kind of retro-ish. <laughs> you could argue it's. I am arguing it's retro. It's it's uh, it's because of the silver top. Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it's something they're trying. They're making yeah. the camera a little more. They give you the option of fun. <laughs> yeah, if you want it. Yeah. 
you have the new Mavic Air 2S. Yeah. Tell me about it and what makes it different from it is. all the other oh, it is. kind of Mavic drones that we have on the market right now. Well, you know, I was debating getting a drone for a while now. I used to use the Mavic 2 Zoom or Mavic Zoom 2 mm-hmm. or however they worded that. The Mavic Pro 2 Zoom. Sure. That one. <laughs> we reviewed it. We did review it. That was the one that you had was the one that they, they gave us. Yeah, basically, um, and I got to use it for a while, and, and I did enjoy it, but I always was like, oh, the, the quality is kind of so-so. Like, it was just more for fun than anything else. You can get some pretty nice hey, stuff, but here there it is. Remember this? We're talking about the DJI Mavic 2 Pro and the yeah. DJI Mavic 2 Zoom. You know, Zoom. <laughs> remember I recorded that in post. Yeah, well, I think we tried to record it there but something happened right yeah i think the audio was just clipping or like it didn't record or something yeah. i was gonna say you sound very Sharing odd for some reason it's because it was an nda review where like we posted it early in the morning so that's me waking up at like 5 a.m uh, okay we recorded uh go to go to some of that b-roll we recorded all this in tennessee actually this was recorded at uh rock island park this was pre-california dave and connor yeah this is uh oh the old studio the old studio man that place was awesome we got some good work done there yeah we did and that flag the final space poster in the back that was fun i know it was good times yeah but essentially uh, the reason why I got the Air 2S is because it reminded me a lot of the Mavic 2 Pro. And I I really liked the image quality that we were getting out of that camera. Yeah. It's not exactly the same. I think the 2 Pro is technically still better. It has a Hasselblad text on it. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. like that immediately made it better. Of course. But honestly, this camera in its own right is shooting 5.4K, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, we have some footage that you shot. Can yeah. We, can we show that now? Yeah, let's show some of this footage. I'm probably going to make a YouTube video out of it. So yeah, we, we won't show the whole thing. You guys should go over to Connor McCaskill's channel if you want to see this footage. Was this shot in the 5K mode? This was shot in 5.4K D-Log at 30 FPS because you can shoot up to 30 FPS in 5.4K. Wow. And I was using the, I believe, ND32 um, normally, I would recommend using Polar Pro filters, as we are on the Polar Pro podcast. <laughs> um, no, yep. but honestly, I do really enjoy the Polar Pro filters. Unfortunately, I just didn't get any yet. Yeah, we tried to get you some actually, and we haven't. I don't think they were out of stock, actually, or something or whatever. But yeah, uh, Rocky was letting me know that they were uh, currently out of stock, which means they're selling gotcha. probably pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so I actually got the Fly More combo, so DJI includes their own filters in that. So that's what I was using yeah. in this case. And this is all Nashville, downtown. Yeah, so what's really cool about downtown Nashville is that there are areas where you can fly drones legally. Um, so I made sure to do my research before taking off. Um, so you can fly all over the Cumberland River Love that area. I know. I spent way too much time on it. It's still a little messy, <laughs> but I, might, <laughs> I just I don't know that I care to fix it. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Yeah, so it's just really pretty footage of downtown Nashville. I'm probably going to include some samples for people so that they can download it and mess with the D-Log footage themselves and maybe make it look better than I did. I think I don't, it looks great. I don't claim to be a colorist, but yeah, no, the footage... Um, I'm, the footage looks great, man, and the, the cameras have come so far now on these drones Yeah, that it's... I mean, this looks like a real camera. This does not look like a cruddy you know, tiny little camera yeah. anymore. If you actually scroll back a little bit, not not quite so far, that same exact shot, the building on the right, when I pan up, if you look at it, you can see the only complaint that I have is see the flickering on the building. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the camera is over sharpening. Oh, and okay. it's it's trying it to, out? yeah, it's trying to basically like render that detail and it can't decide what it wants to do. Gotcha. And it's flickering because the exposure itself isn't changing. Off that, that's all locked off. I shot it in manual, hmm. but it's uh, it was a pretty cool drone. I loved I loved taking it out and flying it and getting some really fun footage. Everybody, go watch it. You said you spent like a ton of time on the sound design on this. Yeah, well, more than I needed to, to be honest, because I was <laughs> just birds and yeah, wind. birds and wind and water. Yeah, it's amazing. Just channeling my inner stupid filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> go check out Connor McCaskill's channel. We'll link it in the eye icon above. And in the description right now in this uh, video podcast. And by the way, if you're listening to the audio, 
go over to YouTube, give it a watch. Even if you prefer the audio, go subscribe, hit that like button, enable the bell notification. It helps us out. Do those things. It really helps us out. Do it now. So yeah, I mean, do you think that this essentially replaces the Mavic 2 Pro or, I mean, we're still waiting to see what the Mavic 3 Pro is going to be. Um, I think that if you are replacing your Mavic 2 Pro with this drone, the answer I would give is no. Hmm. Um, I think if you have a 2 Pro, keep it. Um, for one thing, I, you get a controllable aperture. This mm-hmm. is fixed at 2.8. Okay. So that gives you... that. It kind of sucks in a way because you know you can adjust with the ND filter or with your ISO, but if you want to lock everything else off, except for you know you can't adjust your exposure with with the aperture. You yeah, just, you can't. So that's a little bit frustrating. So I would say wait for the Pro Three. Yeah, which that's gonna just give us everything. I yeah. think the rumors are that it may even do 8K, which is ridiculous. Oh my gosh! I mean that that'll be really cool. Honestly, though, I could take the exact same specs and just stop with the over sharpening yeah it does that i'm adding i added to this blur yeah adding, you, have to, you have to add some softness to the image to make it look good yeah it's like so honestly just don't give me in camera sharpening just let it be unsharp let it be smooth and then if i want to i can sharpen it is that so even in the log mode you still get that weird sharpness yeah that sucks yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh, that's kind of the problem with the lower end models i have the the mini two yeah um, I love that camera. I was going to have it on the table here, but I forgot. But it's just so tiny and yeah. amazing. But there's no log on that one. And you obviously have the crazy sharpness. Do you as get well. decent like or is it just nothing? Standard only? Nothing, just standard. Mm. But you can adjust the profile. Like you can I basically lower the sharpness all the way down, lower the contrast all the way down. Interesting. I don't know that I can. I'm going to have to go through and see if I can do it on mine. I don't know that I can. There's a No, there's a profile on DJI cameras. Maybe I'll show it to you. You can Oh, that would just be in sharpness down. standard. Do you think I can mess with D-Log yeah. and do that? Okay. Yeah, yeah you have to yeah, show me how to do that. There's like the, the actual picture profile itself. Right. And then there's like the settings for the profile. Okay. That are it's, it's separate. It's yeah. kind of confusing. So okay. maybe your sharpness is up. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But even with it down, I, I do know for a fact that like even when you turn it off, yeah. On DJI cameras, they just seem to always have a little bit of sharpness. Sure. That seems to be kind of digital. Right. But, you know, it's fixable. And again, like, we're just being kind of picky. But, of course. Because at the end fact, of the day, it's pretty amazing. I mean, let me see how small that thing is. It, yeah. This sure. is the air. So it's definitely, it's actually bigger than some of the other drones they sell now. Sure. But it is it is smaller than the Pro. It is smaller. It, honestly, it's kind it's, of perfect size. It is. Yeah. I, I, it's. I think the Pro... It's a little bigger than my tiny lenses, but... I think the Pro is a good size, too. Like, a lot of people complain. It's like, oh, it's too big. I'm like, really? It's it's pretty small, all things considered, for what it does. But this thing's great. Yeah, it can fit in my backpack. About the size of a Game Boy. <laughs> About the size of a Game Boy. <laughs> it's really cool. And um, one-inch sensor, man. We're getting really close to, like, a real sensor at that point. I know. And Philip Bloom had a great video on it. He yeah. had some really beautiful footage. Uh on his review. I so. watched it. And to be honest, <laughs> you want to know something funny about that video specifically? What? So I was working on a video for my channel about this drone. And I was like, you know, I was like, I'll just do uh, I got the fly more combo. I'll do an unboxing and then I'll do some test footage. And then I was, so I, I shot it, you know, I shot some test footage, which was Nashville. Actually, I shot some more footage in my backyard, but I'm not going to use that. And then um, in his review, not this one, but actually a later one, uh-huh. um, he said, and this is no boring unboxing video. This is, and I was like, hmm, <laughs> that's what I was going to do. <laughs> I was going to do a so, unboxing video. So I felt bad. So I decided to scrap it all. It's just a bunch of footage wasted. I mean, it's, you can see clearly you can get some depth of field when you fly up close to an object and just do the, you know. Yeah. But let me tell you, that drone's going to scream at you the whole time. I forgot how <laughs> loud it is. It just yells at you constantly. For, for getting close. Like, yeah. When I was disable the sensor. I did my Philip Bloom shot where I flew back through those trees, which yeah. you saw. And uh, it was it was screaming the whole time. And people <laughs> were looking over at me like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. I guess you could disable it, but then you're risking stuff. So yeah, I just turned, I figured out, I was like, oh yeah, I can turn down the volume just on my phone. Duh. Yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, so final cut versus Adobe premiere. Whoa. I think it's a, a big topic that a lot of videographers have. Uh, it's, it's like an endless debate. It seems I'm still pro final cut pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And you're 
kind of like you you're a convert from Premiere to Final Cut when you worked with me and right. then you went full Premiere with Armando. Sure. So I feel like you more even more so than I now cuz I've been removed from Premiere for so many years now. Sure. What what are your kind of like opinions on Premiere versus Final Cut? Use DaVinci Resolve. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually like and if if you if you're getting into this and you're brand spanking new, you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh boy, I want to edit." Use DaVinci Resolve. It's free. Uh-huh. It works on both systems, so uh-huh. whether your PC or your Mac, and the color grading tools are amazing, and it's the future. It just is. It's so good. Um, it's, it's native M1 as well. Yeah, on Mac. it's faster than Final Cut, honestly, in a test that I did with it. It is faster. I now. just don't understand DaVinci Resolve. I should learn it, and a lot of people like <laughs> me keep saying, I should learn it, Yeah, um, but I haven't. So, um, yeah, if you're new and you're considering all of the three major editing softwares, uh, DaVinci Resolve. DaVinci Resolve is amazing. And not only is it a great editor, yeah. it's like best in class color grading. Yeah, yeah. So A lot of people who even edit in Final Cut or Premiere, yeah. they'll transfer everything over to DaVinci just to color grade and master, do like a final look. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, so, But if you're talking literally, okay, we're talking Final Cut and we're talking Premiere. Yeah, that's and those are the that tools. Was the question. Those yeah. are the questions. Those are the tools. But, but the resolve to get that out of the way, I think it's important. Yeah, yeah. Had to had to say that. Now for the stubborn people, here we are. Um, <laughs> I mean, personally, if I had to choose one right now, I would choose Premiere mm-hmm. personally because I have been using. Honestly, I've been using Adobe Audition more. Yeah. So I love the integration with Adobe. Other Adobe. You know services. Yeah. I mean, you use it for this podcast because here yeah. we are doing this multicam shoot that you're yeah. going to edit in that Premiere, gonna, and I and I do transfer do the, the audio over into uh, Audition, and then you know I just hit Command Save, and then it does yeah. it in Premiere, and it's pretty cool well, how it all works. D- we do have that with Logic. It's the same okay, thing. sorry, sure. <laughs> but that being said, you know it all depends on what you're editing. Yeah. I feel like because. You know, or even who you're editing with. I mean, if you're working with someone who uses Final Cut yeah. and you work very, very closely with them, well, you should probably use Final Cut. <laughs> well, I mean, as a freelance editor, it's important to kind of know everything. Sure. Like Resolve, Premiere, and Final Cut. Because yeah. then you could essentially work for anybody. Sure, yeah. I've edited in all three um, a lot more in Premiere and Final Cut than DaVinci. In fact, I've only done one project mm-hmm. in DaVinci. And per, that was like a test, right? Yeah, per request of uh, a guy that I was working for, he was like, can you just edit one project? Because he used a DaVinci in DaVinci. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll give it a go. And I and I did, and I, you know, struggle bust my way through it. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, like, uh, it's just things are just not where I thought they would be, you know, because I have a premier brain now. Yeah. So, but if you're editing text and, you know, you do a lot of caption work on your videos, like, Final Cut's awesome. Yeah. All the different plugins that you can get for like animation and tracking through Mocha. Yeah, I love it. Is insane. It's yeah, so good. The the fact that you can build and design your own custom graphics and save that as a template in Final Cut. I mean, I use that all the time. Yeah. So basically, I'll just create like a lower third or a, a specific graphic with the font and the animation that I want. Right. And then in Motion, just save it. You save it as a Final Cut plugin yeah and then i never have to go to motion I, like, yeah it's like really amazing yeah to have I, that access and i feel like i was probably in my final cut prime i was probably a faster editor in final cut <laughs> the, once you learn to harness that timeline it can yeah. really work to your advantage yeah at first it was very off-putting but you yeah. can really learn it and especially for the style we were doing mm-hmm. which is very punchy just like bam bam edits <laughs> you know and text all the yeah. time made a lot of sense um yeah. you know but then when i switched over to working with armando everything was a little not slower isn't the word i would use it's just like you know it's like we let things live longer yeah you know it was a, a very polished and so totally premiere just kind of wor- well it actually didn't work it crashed all the time <laughs> but it just worked it worked it for slower. the flow and it was slower slower is the right word yeah we had like massively powerful computers and it would still crash <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been my argument is like um, for Final Cut is that obviously if especially now with yeah. these M1 Max, oh yeah, uh, Final Cut is great. But I mean, same is true for Resolve as well. Yeah, so. well, and I don't know. I mean, they have the beta version of Premiere, which does mm-hmm. support M1, 
which I don't touch beta as much as I can because I don't need things never know breaking crashes. And stuff, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't I can't have that happening. But eventually they'll release that. I know. <laughs> Who knows? They should. I think that it's still kind of like just preference and, yeah. you know, specific use cases. I, I think there was a time where people really hated on Final Cut because it was just so jarring when it first came out. Um, people would say things that were so ridiculous, like you're not professional if you use Final Cut. Sure. They're that, like, you might as well use iMovie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the narrative has changed now right. and Final Cut is absolutely pro. There's been plenty of sure. pro projects. There's a I lot of there. amazing editors and edits that have come out of Final Cut. And there's a, I think like a lot of YouTubers use Final Cut. Yeah. Like, well, uh, Jeb and Dobie. Jeb and, yeah. Um, Some other people. Uh, Hayden Hillier Smith, who okay. edits for Logan Paul. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, he just did a interv- He just did a video with uh, Yes Theory's editor. He's all Final Cut as well. Yeah. So you know, we're talking. Those are some of the biggest yeah. editors on YouTube. I feel like the people who identify more with YouTube are more okay with Final Kind. Yeah. And the people who are more <laughs> identify kind of a mindset thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the people who more identify as filmmakers are like less okay with Final Cut. <laughs> totally. I don't know. That might be a generalization. <laughs> totally. I mean, there's lots of great features for uh, for both. Yeah. And I love, um, I used to be really into After Effects and sure. having access to that. If you're an After Effects person, Premiere's the obvious choice as well. So, right. Um, but have fun paying that uh, that fee each month. I don't have fun with that. <laughs> I like DaVinci's model free. <laughs> yeah, DaVinci's free. And then Apple is $300 one time. Why isn't Final Cut on my iPad? It's a great question. Yeah. Especially now with the M1 iPad. It's kind of inevitable. Yeah. I don't know. Is I think, it inevitable? Or do you think they just won't give it yeah. to us because it'll make their laptops more obsolete? I mean, I watched a video with MKBHD and he was saying how it's like there's so much power in this iPad yeah. and nothing to use it on. I know. And he, I think he also said, so don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he said like if they gave him the ability to like use it more and have Final Cut, he probably wouldn't carry a laptop anymore. Yeah, I think that I would, I would, st- I, I'm still, I mean, here I am using Logic. Yeah. Another app that's ripping the audio from my mixing board here. Sure. I've got all these windows and yeah. like Finder, like I, I don't think I would switch from a laptop to an iPad. Yeah. I, I don't get like the, the iOS kind of world sure. is great for, for this, the phone. Right. And then obviously an iPad is great for watching movies and playing games. And I want the iPad to be able to do both or, yeah. and, or like come up with some crazy hybrid mm-hmm. operating system. I know it does operate on its own iPad OS, Yeah, but and they have the trackpad now with the keyboard. Yeah, but nice. it's like it's getting so close to just essentially a laptop that's a touchscreen. Like just just make it official. Just let us do it. I say I would rather just have a MacBook with a touchscreen. <laughs> really? You just want to be jabbing at that screen? Grimy fingers all over it? With the Apple Pencil support? Actually, right? that'd be cool. But with the... And, and yeah, just do the Windows PC thing where it like folds on itself. Yeah. So it can and become like the it. yoga computers yeah. or whatever. 100%. What do you think about doing this show live one day and going back to cam- cameras and coffee? Whoa, <laughs> cameras and coffee. Would you guys be down with that? Comment on this video if you would be down with that. Yeah. Let's talk about cameras and coffee. That was the first live experience that we ever did. This was the first one, I think. Wasn't Let's it? not play it. No, there I Oh, how are we doing? Wow, look at both of us. We've really... Uh, We've aged well. Aged well. <laughs> <laughs> I look pretty similar. Actually, you do. I Same made... glasses. <laughs> yeah. I have different glasses. Well, those are the glasses that I remember Ryan broke. Look, you can see my oh, duct yeah, the tape, tape on the side there. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's awesome. I'm like super uncomfortable. You look uncomfortable. like a child. I am a child. And then... That's four years ago. This was, Two years ago. you know, after doing it for a while. That set looks nice. Looking a little bit more normal. Yeah. Similar setup again with the 1DC as the... Absolutely. The king of the, of the set. We were just using that silly blue Yeti mic. Yeah. It worked. It worked well. And uh, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. We're moving. We're moving. Yeah, this was a big deal. That was the California stream. Oh, my gosh. Crazy with all the stuff packed up. And then California Live. Yeah. This was the first live we did at That's your my house. apartment. Yeah. I liked that apartment. It was a great place. I, I literally never turned on the AC because it was Laguna. 
and it was always perfect. And we lived six minutes from the beach, so the breeze would always come through. I just had windows open. I know all the time. <laughs> it was awesome. That was uh, the best like year. Was yeah, that that year. That was a really cool. We went, that was we a fun to, time. We went to Germany. We uh, yeah did that. I think we went to Germany before we moved. It was like maybe a it week was literally before. like a couple weeks before. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then starting this podcast with Polar Pro, and yeah. it's funny like after all this time this was 2018 right um this is the only thing that's lasted that's right <laughs> this podcast the polar pro podcast holds true uh, that tells you something about yeah. polar pro and how awesome they are absolutely this was fun maybe we could do a live stream sometime if okay. we can get the switching thing set up yeah it could be fun to have like people commenting live the, streams are a logistical nightmare but that's true. i think it'd be fun <laughs> kind of changes the format of this show a bit as well yeah but i think it also yeah, like you said, with the live take comments, questions. take questions, just hang out. It's much more, hey, let's talk to cameras. <laughs> exactly. And kind of like actually hanging out with real people is just way more interesting, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this version of the Golden Hour podcast with Connor McCaskill talking about all sorts of camera news and fun facts about ourselves yeah and, uh, what's going and then on in different editors and how wrong i am about my choice <laughs> of editor and you can let me know about that in the comments and uh the, this new format doesn't mean we're not going to have guests anymore on the no. show um this is just a little bit more logistically easier for us to produce this every single week um it is a bit of a challenge to like get guests lined up every single week it's amazing how long you've been able to get a guest that is a testament to uh how friendly dave is everyone <laughs> loves dave and as, uh, he as makes know, friends everywhere as you know there's been several times where i get an interview on a monday and the podcast has to come out on a tuesday so yeah that's no fun either um so yeah we'll we'll definitely always try to have guests on uh i got some i got a couple of people lined up already but yeah and maybe if you guys have some ideas for different guests that you would like to see or maybe some guests that you would like to see return be sure to hit us up, hit Absolutely. up Dave on any social media. And really the best place to do it is on the YouTube comments. Yes. So if you're listening again to the audio version of this, please go over to youtube.com slash ghpod. Subscribe, enable bell notifications, like the video, uh, leave a comment. That's the best way for us to engage with the audience here. Yeah, so. absolutely. This is fun. Thank you, Connor, for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Once again, I'm Dave Mays. This is Connor McCaskill. We'll see you next week.